0: Welcome to MAPS Journey, the podcast that provides a platform for honest and open conversations about the experiences of minor attracted persons. Today's episode is a particularly timely one, as we recorded it during the quarantine period of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. As the world was forced to stay indoors and avoid social contact to stop the spread of the virus, many people experienced feelings of isolation, anxiety, and loneliness. However, For MAPS, the experience of social isolation is an ongoing reality that is often exacerbated by the stigma and discrimination they face. In today's episode, Elliot welcomes Zach and Jay, who have previously shared their stories on the podcast. They will be speaking about their personal experiences of social isolation, how they have coped with it, and what they think needs to change to help MAPS feel more connected and included in society. We hope that this conversation will help to shed light on the unique challenges that maps face and encourage listeners to reflect on how they can support and include maps in their communities. So without further ado, let's begin the conversation.
1: Hi Elliot, I'm doing all right, best I can. Yeah, how about you Zach?
2: Hello Jay, hello Elliot, I'm doing pretty good, Um, I'm definitely ready for this emergency to be over with
1: yeah i think we all are
2: yeah
3: so uh did you guys each want to take a turn telling you like how it's been uh um, affecting you and um what what you guys have been doing to try to stay sane
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh sure i'll go ahead um it's definitely been uh, an adjustment for me and uh I can't say it's been pleasant like I'm a very social person so I need to interact with other people and uh, yeah it's been very difficult not being able to do that I um I have been doing a lot of uh, video calls though with people and that's definitely uh, it's de- it definitely helps it's a uh, it's not as good as actually being there but it's pretty close how about you Zach?
2: it's um it's amazing how much i took for granted what now isn't there for instance you know just going to the library um you know going to the supermarket and not having to worry about getting sick the fact that it's just it's just crazy like i I shouldn't be doing it, but I've been watching the news almost incessantly and watching the numbers constantly go up. It's, it's really mentally taxing uh, simply because it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. And the first couple of weeks that I've been basically just staying home, and trying to social distance as much as possible. I'm like, yeah, no big deal, two weeks. And then, you know, you think about the fact that this could go on possibly for three, four months, maybe longer. And it just, I almost start to shut down a little bit. Yeah. yeah that,
1: it, I, go good Jay, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's pretty depressing thinking about the fact that, it definitely seems like it's going to last longer than a month or, you know, whatever the original projections were. Although I do think that we probably will see uh, some of the the guidelines relax a little bit going into the summer. Just as, you know, preparations have been put in place as far as having tests available. and. I heard know, that they
2: were trying to fast track a vaccine as well.
1: Yeah,
3: um, that's yeah, going to take like, a while. There's two being worked on right now. I know one showed promise in mice, so they're trying to fast track it into human trials. And then there's also the, what is it, the malaria vaccine that they're, they're trying to u- yeah,
1: utilize. Yeah, it's an antiviral, which, um, by the way, my mother is a nurse and she oversees, she doesn't actually work in ICUs, she oversees them remotely, so she monitors several in her area. Mm-hmm. and she told me that she has 72 patients she's monitoring that have covid and um they've been all of them have been given the hydroxychloroquine and she said it unfortunately doesn't seem to be making a difference with them
2: oh that's yeah. too bad
1: yeah it's pretty i know i, I <laughs> it was pretty sobering when she told me that it definitely yeah. didn't help my mood yeah
3: definitely well like for me how i've been dealing with it I, I i'm actually like the opposite of uji i i, I like my alone time and being in apartment with my mom pretty much 24/7 since I'm working from home i seeing the same person and not having any alone time really gets to me and whereas before I could go out to like the library or the bookstore to uh, have some separation I can't really do that the most I can do is go for a walk and when you're out you get worried about catching it so I don't like to stay out long and so yeah it, it just kind of uh, sucks in that way and but just like you guys said when I thought it was only going to be two or two weeks or so i was like oh i could deal with that but now at least where i'm at they're saying at least till the end of april and it, it, it's probably gonna be further than that so i know that but yeah so
2: i was totally but, nodding my head when you were talking about being <laughs> trapped in the same house with like your mom because i unfortunately am living with my parents as well and that's the biggest that's the for me, that's like one of the worst things about this and not having like much money either right now. But like one of the worst things about it is the fact that like you, I could go somewhere on like my days off and get some separation from mom and mostly mom because my dad's actually an essential worker. So he I don't see him as much during the day. So, yeah, it's just it's getting it's getting very stressful and frustrating
1: well if i could give you guys both some advice uh zach i would definitely limit your news intake i was having a really hard time with that it was sending me into uh cycles of depression and and anxiety and i've i've pretty much i'm at the point now where I, i check the news once every other day i don't even do it every day and then elliot i would say walking is good for you and as long as you stay six feet away from other people you should be fine yeah
3: yeah and um now i have a a pretty big size uh cemetery that's more like a nature reserve there's animals in it like deer and geese and all that stuff and i've been thinking about going for walks in there because you know living in the city when you see all the I I don't like to say abandoned buildings because they're not really abandoned, but I guess shuttered buildings. It, it kind of gets depressing, so uh, you know I need to uh, find some nature to lift my spirits up. I guess, um, but yeah. So, but um, you know, like I said in the intro of this, I I felt like this was a a timely thing to do to try to have people understand why socialization among maps is important and why discussing our our attraction with each other is a good thing whereas the antis and the trolls feel like we should just stay silent so why is it important to you guys like that we can reach out and talk to each other about it
2: well I mean for me it's just having a human connection with somebody that you can relate to everywhere else we always have to we always have to pretend to be someone else in a sense just so that because like there's so much stigma attached to just being a minor attracted person and we have to, you know, self-censor so to actually communicate with another map is just really nice because you can let your guard down and you can be yourself and it's very refreshing re- very re- very invigorating so it's very important even during this time of isolation and social distancing that we do connect with people that can improve our mental health
3: and and jay you were saying you like to uh, do video chats as a way to help you and i know once i started getting more and more comfortable with the various uh different people I know in the community I i found that to be definitely beneficial where you can see another person's face and see how they're reacting because obviously messaging can be uh, misunderstood plus you don't know what the other person is doing so when they're not responding to you I know at least for me I you know start feeling it plays on my abandonment issues of like did i say something wrong or whatever like that so yeah i mean for me uh, it's definitely a benefit to have have this
1: um yeah I, I would say it's pretty close to uh actually being in the same space with somebody you know you have the same uh visual cues that you get from having a face to face discussion so
3: yeah yep yeah, yeah i you know i was so looking forward to the before you act workshop again this year because that definitely was what I enjoyed most about it last year was just being in the same space and it, it just i I said to my mom when I got home that year last year I said like that was probably the happiest that I've ever been in my life and you know she felt happy for me but also sad that that was the case and you know it made her realize how much of a seclusion that we have to face on a day-to-day basis. And so I think with this whole social um, distancing thing going on right now, maybe some people can actually start to feel like what we feel on a day-to-day basis every year, so.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't... I guess that could be something that you could use as a comparison for people to give them an understanding.
2: And it's also okay. cool, too, because, like, people, regular people are probably, unless they have, like, kids and stuff that they have to entertain, a lot of them are probably pretty bored. So maybe they'll wander on the the no Map podcast. And, and maybe, like, they're always like, oh, I've been meaning to, like, check this out because I'm kind of curious. And maybe now with this extra time that people have they'll be able to like, listen to some of these conversations be like, Hey, they're kind of like me, we just have this attraction. But other than that, we're kind of the same. And maybe, you know, that would help develop some empathy for our community. I mean, I'm being somewhat optimistic, but it could happen.
1: Yeah. You know, it would it be nice.
2: With the section time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It'd be nice if it did. I, I've, I've actually been sort of getting the urge lately to come out to a couple different people. I think as a side effect of the isolation, like I just need to, like I want to be more real with the people in my life so that we can have conversations that feel more, I guess, on an honest level, you know, just to to combat the, the loneliness.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like, that's the biggest issue for me is why uh, I want to be part of this community is like, you know, even with my closest friends in real life, I still don't feel like I'm being completely honest with them. And I mean, I know everyone has their secrets and their skeletons in the closet or whatever you want to say, but this is a big skeleton. (laughs) So, um, and just like you, Jay, you know, I, I, I've kind of been feeling the same way too especially with two of my closest friends recently I just really just want to say hey guys look this is me this is who I am it, it doesn't change anything you have already know about me but it's it's there inside my head and I, w- I want to be able to talk to you guys about it
2: yeah I mean with me I don't really honestly I don't have any close friends except for my online friends like you guys and stuff and i know it sounds kind of sad but i mean it's kind of like self-induced because i don't make much of an effort at work even to like get to know people because i know that i can never i i can never feel confident enough to express my true self warts and all, all that stuff. Well, there's still that wall that will always exist on, unless maybe things rapidly change in our favor where people are, like, understanding and stuff. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a real struggle, just the fact that there's always that wall that's going to be put up between you and, like, the teleophiles. Yeah,
1: well, the one person that I know in real life that I did come out to was a coworker of mine and she she had noticed that i was going through some depression and she was very concerned about me constantly asking me you know how i'm doing and trying to get at like what was the root of my depression and i eventually i came out to her in a kind of a slow way it was in stages but uh yeah i just felt like i couldn't i couldn't accept her concern and um you know her attempts to to uh, bring me out of my depression, I I couldn't I didn't feel like she should she should be doing that. Like I I felt like uh, I had to be real with her to give her a chance to to reject me basically uh, for that. If that's what if that's how she was gonna feel about it. So, but uh, luckily for me, she didn't. So,
2: I mean, it's really well, risky when it's a coworker and stuff too, because then they could yeah. like. Blab to everybody else, and you might like dread coming to work and you might mm-hmm. lose your job and
1: yeah, yeah well, fortunately, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen, but I did lose my job with the the whole virus situation, so
2: oh sorry about that, yeah, it's too bad,
1: yeah, it's i mean i should I think I'll be fine with unemployment and everything
2: I wanted to um also bring up with this virus emergency going on i've been thinking a lot about the kids and we don't obviously like i don't have any kids in my life to like actually ask these questions about but i am like wondering like i wonder how they're dealing with this because they're taking their social cues from their parents probably and if their parents are seeming upset and stressed out and afraid and angry that's going to have a detrimental effect on the children in these home environments as well so
1: yeah it could definitely be bad for them if they're yeah if their parents aren't handling it well yeah but one thing i think is a positive is that probably they're getting a lot more attention from their parents
2: yeah that's true i didn't think about it that way you're right
3: Especially if the parents have to be homeschool teachers now, you know, like and when also, uh, I as a like joke type thing. Growing up, when you come home from school, your parents always asked you, you "Oh, so how was your day? What you know? (laughs) What did you do?" Type of thing. Now they get to see that. Yeah, it's basically just schoolwork. You know, it's not anything exciting, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, I have
2: noticed, like online, a lot of a lot of parents are uploading uh, projects that the family has done together. Whether it's at, uh, parodies of "Les Misérables," one of the songs from that musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and there's all sorts of different projects that the family's doing together. And I think that's really positive out of all of this that the family can use this emergency as a way to come together hopefully and strengthen those bonds i mean unfortunately like in the same on the other end of the token you're probably going to have a lot of really crappy parents and other like people in the house
1: yeah that's i i do feel bad because i know that there's probably a lot of people in toxic situations that are really unable to escape now and it's probably not they're not having a good time unfortunately
2: i mean i'm sure like child protective services is still i mean they're considered essential workers so but it's just it's hard for like especially like the really little kids to like reach out Mm -hmm. and get help right now because they're basically confined to their homes
3: and well, that that's what I have always said about the dangers of homeschooling whereas like I've always definitely said if I ever had kids I would want to homeschool them just because of this how crazy the school environment is now with school shootings and all that stuff but on at, on the same thing like going to school is how a lot of abuse gets reported because teachers and other classmates and all that see when something's going wrong so like being trapped at home, yep. you know, that, that stuff is go unnoticed. So, yeah, that's definitely something that, you know, I worry about, especially with this whole thing going on, is that how many cases are going to go unreported now. But
2: Yeah, it's pretty terrible. I mean, it's probably best not to dwell on it if we can't do anything about it right now.
3: But yeah, that's yeah. You mentioned in this the parody thing. That that is kind of what I wanted to say. Is like you know I'm trying to keep my humor up through all this. So I've been watching a lot of parody songs on on YouTube where people use lyrics around the whole fire situation. But yeah, like there was one about uh, someone did for that song. Come on, Eileen. They did it, COVID nineteen, <laughs> and uh, um, there was one. Uh, what was the other one? There's always
2: my corona. You
3: know, yeah, they did my, my corona. <laughs> yeah, that, there was that one, and then there was uh, Vogue, um, the Madonna song. They did one on there, and I thought that was <laughs> pretty funny. So, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 basically just trying to keep my humor and lighthearted way because otherwise I'm going to get seriously depressed over this. I I recently started therapy up again and it's it's nice that we can do this virtual face-to-face therapy because the last time I did teleconference therapy Skype or Zoom or whatever really was it around and so it was like over the phone and I never really felt like I got the same type of therapeutic help. When it was a face to face in in a office, so it's kind of nice that you have this face to face now, and you know we're definitely living in the right time for this social um distancing to happen with being able to reach out and contact people that way so.
1: yeah, I've been seeing my therapist weekly uh via Skype, and it's been it's been good it feel to me it's the same as being in the office really. Yeah, and she's been she's been really wonderful. She's dropped my fee uh, in half when I lost my job, and then uh, just yesterday she told me she'll drop my fee in half again wow. just to make just to make sure that I can continue seeing her.
3: That's great. Yeah, my yeah mine um, dropped his fee in half too for me. Um, so yeah, but I don't know if he could drop in another half. So that's really awesome of her that she does that
1: yeah yeah I I really lucked out when I found her yeah
3: yeah this the one I I found I was amazed when I uh, went to his website he actually had a whole section on his website about minor attraction and his viewpoint on it and how he treats people and um, who deal with it and so that definitely was a good thing knowing going in that I could be open and honest with him right away and Especially because it was the first time I've ever been open about my attraction to a male therapist. Normally I speak with female therapists about it. And so it's definitely, you know, I actually, I had a session yesterday and I got so emotional during one part that I actually got teary eyed. And it was like something I would have never thought I could do in front of another man before. So especially given that he's still basically a stranger to me.
1: so yeah so I did in preparation for uh this episode i read an article in uh from the uh, American Psychological Association on the risks of social like pardon social isolation and this was actually written a year ago ironically but uh i just uh copied a couple quotes from the article and it, and it says um Social isolation is linked with adverse health consequences, including depression, poor sleep quality, impaired executive function, accelerated cognitive decline, poor cardiovascular function, and impaired immunity, interestingly enough. Um, And then another quote, lacking encouragement from family or friends, those who are lonely, may slide into unhealthy habits. So that's something I think that's of you know, that can relate to maps who might struggle with um C S E M. Uh they could definitely have an issue with that. Yeah. And yeah, def- oh I'm sorry, I was just gonna finish this quote. In addition, sure. loneliness has been found to raise levels of stress, impede sleep, and in turn harm the body. Loneliness can also augment depression or anxiety. It seems it can lead to long-term flight or flight stress signaling, which, and it says again, negatively affects immune system functioning. So, in a way, that's kind of ironic. Um, yeah. That we're trying to protect ourselves from a virus, and the effects <laughs> of isolation can actually make our immune systems weaker.
2: I mean, imagine like how much worse it would be without the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would... I mean, it would be awful because, like, even even before this emergency, I my, my sole way to reach out to people, my preferred way to reach out to people was, like, online. And so without that, like, I don't like talking on the phone, just, like, cold calling people, being <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you want to talk? Yeah, it's so great to just, like, text people, you know, like, instant messaging stuff. It's so much so much easier and you know you have you do have social media too which is kind of nice too i mean block the antis and you can create a create like a, a community that way for a lot of people and you know so thank god for the internet that's what i'm saying
3: yeah you know. well yeah you mentioned the whole thing about the negative effects and bad habits and all that stuff and that that again goes back to the people wanting to understand why it's better for us to reach out to each other, you know, like having someone to talk to and having a safety net, like that was something my therapist and I were mentioning the other day was this, like, it gets to the point where I can move into my own apartment again, having that safety net of people I could reach out to anytime I I feel like a a negative pattern coming on, either like drinking yeah. too much or doing you know other type of stuff. Um, I'm in this one chat with two other underattracted people, and we have a thing. Anytime one of us is struggling, that we uh, we say we um, we put up the bat signal, and that's the way of us letting the other two know that that person needs help for whatever reason. So. Yeah, that's do you insane. like
2: talk on the phone with them then? And or is it just more like you are in your thoughts? or?
3: No, it's mostly just messaging. We're yeah. the one person's out of the country um and they're basically in the same time zone. So time zone doesn't really screw screw with us, but it's more this like So yeah, it's mostly by um telegram message um that we we do it but there's every so often we do if the person's really in, feels yeah. like they're real danger we'll try to call so like i the one guy I, he was having some issues and no matter what we were saying in the message you know it, it still wasn't getting them out of the negative cycle so i volunteered to give him a call and We talked for like an hour and a half just about bullshit. You weren't really talking about much of what his, his struggle was, but just being able to focus on something else helped him out. So, yeah.
2: And just having that human connection, realizing that there's people in your corner, there's people that are there for you. That's so powerful and so such an effective tool for not offending and not falling and being self-destructive
1: yeah I I find I fall into um, I don't know like I guess you'd call it anxiety spirals that are Mm. mixed with depression and feelings of desperation and um, you know sometimes self-harm ideation comes up and uh, I find most of the time if I just have a phone conversation at least an audio conversation of some type uh with another map or an ally like without even like directly addressing the issues that were bothering me i find i I come out of it pretty quickly
3: yeah 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 it's just it's crazy how i mean that's why talk therapy works even if it's not with a licensed professional you know it's just getting yourself out of your own head and you know that that is what i've noticed the most in joining the community um you know a year ago is that even though i had my mom as support there were just certain things i didn't feel comfortable talking to her about and so they i would just ruminate on, on them in my head and it i i call it circular thinking where you just can't get it out of your and it just keeps you up at night and so just to even put it down in the words in the chat, you know, is uh, allows you to like possibly see it in a, a different way.
2: Yeah, do, do either of you journal at all? I've been trying to get into that. Um, especially with this extra time, I'm trying to like motivate myself to actually like turn the TV off, turn the internet off and just focus on putting my thoughts down on paper Trying to figure out like maybe something I hadn't really like things I've been avoiding in my own personal life, I'm trying to figure it out on my own, I guess, but
1: yeah, that can be very helpful. I wish I was more consistent about it. I do it off and on
3: yeah i'm I'm the same way like when I first came out um to my family and I started therapy the first time my uh my therapist was really into one it. Wanted me to uh, journal, so I was really good at it back then. But then yeah, I lost the habit, and I so I do it occasionally. Um, recently, when I had that situation that happened, where I got infatuated with that kid on the bus, Sheila, she recommended that like I uh, write a letter to the kid that obviously I never send um mm-hmm. but just to get get my thoughts out of what i felt w- what he meant to me and so i started writing it and i it, it it was helpful but at the same time i got super emotional and so i i stopped and I, I haven't gone back to it since then but maybe i shouldn't
1: yeah i would recommend you do the emotion is uh it can be difficult and you might have to take a break but you do have to let it uh you have to let it happen. I I did a similar thing to you Elliot uh, what you were just describing. And in fact, I shared that entry with uh <laughs> with you and Sheila both when I first started, you know, getting to know you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Sheila Sheila really complimented my writing. She said I'm very good at it. So, I take that as very high praise coming from her.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I it's funny when she uh She, um, I I give her full range to uh, edit my blog post to be grammar, grammar, grammatically correct. correct. Yeah. And uh, see, I can't even say the word let alone. (laughs) 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 Um, And like, it always cracks me up when I go back and reread what she changed. I'm like, well, I guess that makes more sense that way. (laughs) But Anyway, we're getting kind of off subject here, but I'm
2: just, I'm impressed with Sheila Van Hoyven's availability and accessibility to this community. Um, It's just really refreshing to see that.
3: Yeah. So thank you, Sheila.
2: If you're listening, thank you for availing yourself to us and writing books that speak to our hearts. And yeah, awesome
1: yeah thank you for me too that's uh i've she's chatted with me for like an entire day before which is i mean (laughs) i'm just like who yeah who am i that you're gonna keep up with me like this but i mean she does it and it's it's definitely very helpful for me
3: yeah yeah that's the thing it's like she also helped me um when I was having a
1: really dark
3: day one time and she was the one who even if it was still me who came up with the rationalization of um my thought process, she still like led me in that direction. So yeah. And that that's the thing, like there's a bunch of maps obviously in the community that are good to reach out, but people like Sheila and Candace and my therapist friend Teresa and stuff like that were you know these people don't know us at all yet they're still willing to keep an open mind about us and want to hear our journey and you know it's definitely a, ben- a benefit as well
2: yeah i mean in the past like i remember my the first therapist i ever um had an encounter with and after like an introductory session with him and he said i can't help you and I mean, in a way, I appreciated that because he was upfront and said, you no, know, he, but I kind of took it as a form of rejection in a way, too. Um, mm. But I mean, so, so I think it's good now that there's a lot of, a lot of information being, you know, transmitted to other mental health professionals. And so it's not, it's not as much of a, a scary thing for like the, professionals to have to deal with pretty simple concepts and initially anyway
1: yeah, yeah for some I mean like there's a, there's some very uh, I guess uh, stark differences between some therapists who are comfortable with the subject and those who aren't like or who just have an idea like I think they do need to be informed in some way like there needs to be some education. Um, because like my first well, not my first, but the therapist before the one i 'm seeing now, um, he told me that he is he has experience with working with uh, pedophilia and was comfortable with it, but I found him to be very very uninterested in discussing it, and mm. yeah just not i just didn 't sense any empathy from him at all. And then, and then I found the, the the therapist I'm seeing now, and it's like a night and day difference. Yeah. But she she comes from a she was uh, providing therapy to convicted offenders um, before, and I like I did notice some of that uh, some biases and um, maybe just her approach was informed by working with offenders mm-hmm. uh, prior. But we've, I think we've both enlightened each other. Like she's brought some things to my attention where maybe my, my, I was being a little bit self deluded. And then also I think I've, I've noticed her becoming a little bit more relaxed on feeling like I'm a, you know, at imminent risk or something.
3: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's mostly about understanding and meeting each other in the middle. You know, I like my, First, outside of my first therapist, the next therapist I I told about my attraction, I, you know, I mentioned her before in numerous podcasts. Um, she just didn't know anything about it. But once she realized that I was still needing her for everyday issues like depression and self-hatred and all that, she she understood that she could work with me. And I, I, I think that's what I want most people to always Understand and get out of these podcasts is that we're just like everyone else that has those issues, you know we just happen to have an attraction that might be what is the the fuel into depression or the fuel into self hatred but other otherwise you know we're the same,
1: yeah, yeah, well, and she by the way, I had her uh, listen to the episode that we we pardon we recorded on emotional attraction. Mm-hmm. And she, she said she found it, um, pretty enlightening. She, she didn't know that I was Jay. I thought I told her, so <laughs> it was kind of funny. But she said, uh, she did bring. She said one thing to me, um, because I was saying that like, would you would have to be like a a psychopath or have some kind of uh, issue, you know, some some other issue besides pedophilia to be. At risk of, like, hands-on offending, and uh, mm-hmm. she's she told me that she she doesn't believe that to be the case, and that um, she's worked with people who have basically said the same thing, but did end up offending. So, um, you know, I just I, I never felt like that would, like, I was really at an elevated risk, but mm-hmm. she she basically wants me to work on. Um, strengthening boundaries just to make extra sure nothing happens.
3: Yeah, which is good. I mean, I've learned that I I feel like the same way of myself that I don't feel like I'm ever at risk. Um, But at the same time, I don't want to delude myself either, you know, because who knows, given a certain mental state or whatever or whatever. So I, you know, I definitely I agree with what she said there. You know, I just want to set up the proper boundaries and and that's a good thing
1: yeah and mental state is kind of one of the things that she wanted me to to make sure that i'm if i'm around children i'm sober Mm -hmm. Uh, she said like you know drugs and alcohol can obviously really erode boundaries so yeah yeah, that was a big one for her
3: yeah which i
1: fully agree because You know,
3: you definitely aren't thinking too straight if you're on either of those, that's for sure. Um, I know, at least for me, I I might say, do something while I'm drunk that I wouldn't have normally said. uh, And that's, I think, a lot of times why I avoided going to parties when I was in my early 20s, -hmm. because I was worried that I would uh, mention something about my attraction without Mm -hmm. knowing knowing
1: that. uh, well, I guess, uh, bringing it back around to the subject of the episode, <laughs> um, yeah. right now, it, um, there's some pretty hard boundaries for all of us that we're not going to build across. So it's a good mm-hmm. time to, to work on yourself and, you know, when society is ready to stop so- socially isolating that we can go and be stronger and better people. So that's what, um. Yeah, that's what she's. That's what my therapist is having me try to keep in mind and work on.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm hey. the type where I don't even want to like. I don't. I don't even want to leave the house now. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like Elliot. You you go on walks every day, but really? I'm like I don't want to go on a walk because I don't really like my neighbors. So <laughs> I don't, don't want to see them.
1: Well, yeah. now you have an excuse to keep your distance
2: yeah exactly (laughs) this is this is like a great idea no i mean i i do i do need to get out because like in i mean i feel like i i might have been joking with somebody but i feel like this crisis is going to turn me into an agoraphobic person like an agoraphobe um someone who's afraid to leave their house all the time so um Yeah. yeah but i'm actually i did leave the house just to make to record this podcast
1: yeah so yeah well you mentioned agoraphobia and like that's you know maps aren't the only uh people with mental health issues that are probably having a really hard time with this Mm. it's it's pretty bad for anyone who has mental health issues probably well, I don't know if there's really anybody who doesn't. Everybody has their own flavor. Yeah. Everybody's guess.
2: damaged. Everybody <laughs> yeah. Is Everybody damaged. has their own Everybody flavor. Of, yeah. yeah. I yeah. was thinking about like the gamblers, the people that bet on sports. Like, yeah. what the hell are they doing now? Yeah, they're probably
3: they
1: like,
2: <laughs> I think they're betting on like they put a quarter in the gumball machine and they're betting on which color gumball is going to yeah. come out.
1: They're probably getting yeah. creative. I would imagine. Yeah,
2: exactly. They're getting creative. They have to. It's yeah. it's just unbelievable. Um,
3: yeah. Which which water drop hits the sink <laughs> first?
2: <laughs> People are yeah. betting on the weather, yeah. like it, how, like the over under on how high the temperature is going to get. It's yeah. you know is it going to be less than fifty five or more than fifty five for the high today? So um, Fahrenheit, I mean. But.
3: Yeah. Well. Jay you said something like when we stop social isolating and we um you know go back to normal it it kind of reminds me of like what I wanted to do as a comparison with this whole thing with um maps is like we we as maps social isolate every day um you know even if we're actually out in public so like wouldn't it be great if we could stop social isolating And actually, I mean, I I think people think we would want to talk about our attraction all the time or whatever like that, but that's not really the case. It's more just that, you know, I, I know with like my mom, we're at the place now where like we'll be watching TV and if a kid's on TV, she'll ask me if I find him attractive or not. And that is what I think what I want. To get to where people are just comfortable talking about this,
1: yeah,
3: and they're comfortable
1: being around you too. You know, we have to hear, (laughs) we have to hear teleophiles talk about, uh, you know, how attractive they find so and so, and you know, and the fact that they don't realize that we don't share that attraction. Of course, they will bring it up with us, expecting (laughs) us to have a reaction. And um, yeah, it would be nice if I could say to a friend or something like. You know that girl on TV is really cute, or whatever, or the one walking by the window. But um, I, I think that most people are pretty far away from, yeah, yeah, being able to handle that.
2: It would just be cool to like if you're in a group with teleophiles and maps, like with with gay people, like regular gay people. They'll they'll have like a couple girls that are with them and there's like this total acceptance obviously and girls aren't like constantly like looking at every guy that their friend might and saying oh is he cute is he cute no that's you know but it's like they can kind of joke about it with him oh i saw you checking him out that's yeah i i i I get it yeah (laughs) so it'd be kind of cool to like and oh, great! I, I brought up like the LGBT community, so everybody's gonna think like we're trying to get into that again. But no, it's just it's a good analogy, though. You know, like, yeah. in terms yeah. of just the, the social tolerance—that's what we want. We want, you know, we want to be accepted. Um, and at least in the in the Nomap community, we we don't want to like, you know, necessarily change the laws or anything. We just we just want to exist and not have to feel like. We're going to lose our job if we get outed or something. And, yeah, so. Um,
3: All right. Well, we're coming up on around 50 minutes. I'd like to keep them around that time period. It makes it easier to uh, edit on my my end. Um, so was there anything well, else you guys wanted to uh, wrap up uh, talking about before we end
1: I don't know. So I was just going to say, speaking as an edit, someone who also edits podcasts, uh, yeah, I know when it gets over an hour, it's not fun anymore. But yeah. well,
2: thank you, uh, thank you for the opportunity to um, have me on and converse a little bit. Um, it's always fun with you guys. Yeah, this is great. actually my first podcast with you, Jay so
1: yeah. I know we were supposed to do the other one together, but uh, yeah. timing didn't work out. Yeah. But I'm glad we got to do this one.
2: Yeah, definitely, I agree.
3: Hey, yeah, and maybe you know, we can do when one of us comes up with a, a subject worth talking about again. We can get all together because I, I lost my original co-host, you know, through no fault of my own. But um, I'm, you know, I'm glad I can. I, I found a new group of people that I can talk to so it, Very it, quick. Took, it yeah it took a while but eventually I found the people that suited me the best <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well I hope you have a good rest of your day
2: yeah don't 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 get sick either wash your hands <laughs> yeah. no unnecessary trips out you know, everybody stays home. We can beat this quicker, and then we can go back yeah. to normalcy, whatever that means. But yeah, yes, go back to the status quo.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Business All right. as usual. Alrighty, guys.
2: Alright, All right. see ya. Yep, later.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of MAPS Journey. We hope that our conversation has provided insight into the experience of social isolation for minor attracted persons and how it can impact mental health and well-being. As we discussed, MAPS often face significant stigma and discrimination, which can lead to feelings of loneliness and social isolation. It's important for all of us to work towards creating a more inclusive society that recognizes the value and worth of all individuals, regardless of their sexual orientation or attractions. We encourage our listeners to continue learning and educating themselves about the experiences of MAPS and to challenge any biases or prejudices they may hold. By fostering understanding and compassion we can create a safer and more supportive environment for everyone. We encourage our listeners to continue learning and educating themselves about the experiences of MAPS and to challenge any biases or prejudices they may hold. By fostering understanding and compassion we can create a safer and more supportive environment for everyone. Thank you to our guests for sharing their stories and experiences with us. And to our listeners, we appreciate your time and support. Please join us for our next episode of Maps Journey, where we will continue to explore the diverse experiences of maps and work towards building a more inclusive world for all. Until next time, remember, listening is understanding.